Hello and welcome to Troy Talk. It's a podcast chronicling the entire discography of Australian pop sensation Troy Savan, one song at a time. And today I am joined by the one, the only, Logan Links. Buckle up because things are about to get wild. Hello everyone, I'm Lo. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. I'm from Sweden. Uh, I have a blog, it's called lodelinks.wordpress.com. I do a lot of queer analysis, trans analysis, feminist analysis of different, uh, yeah, uh, different fiction, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, historic materials, whatever. And uh, yeah, I also yeah. have a Twitter, load the links with uh, un- underscores between the things uh, where I publish pictures of my cat, mostly, and politics. Very nice, very nice. And obviously, the fine people listening to this here podcast can find the links to all of those things in the description when I uh, upload this on Twitter and so on. Lo, thank you so much for being here today. I just have a couple of questions for you. The second guest on Troy Talk in this year third episode, after the uh, uh, long hiatus that the uh, that we took. Yeah, I'm finally back. And my first question to you is since when have you been a fan of troy savan oh god um i don't remember maybe 2013 or something uh no me it must be earlier 2012 or something before i started high school i think uh Mm. but not too long before i started high school how old were you in 2012 i would have been like 15 i think 15, yeah. For me, it's a little later. I was actually an adult. Well, legally an adult. By the time <laughs> I, dis- I discovered Troy. So I missed I missed out on some good, like, teenage Troy Sivan uh, stuff. But, you know, this is how it is. Uh, do you have a favorite Troy Sivan song? Oh, uh, I, I do like Wild, um, that, that we're going to talk about today, but also Heaven. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess I should probably say that. Yeah, we're talking about Wild today. Yeah, Heaven is a, is a, is a good one. Uh, hmm. Had a lot of queer feelings about that song, listening it, to it while I was trying to figure out myself as a teenager. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I relate to that a lot. It's actually, I, I talked about this in the first episode, I think. That Troy Sivan had a uh, very a very big role in my like coming out to myself story, which is part of the reason why I decided to devote like a whole podcast to his work because it has influenced my my own life in a lot of ways. And yeah, you know, today we're going to definitely talk about some some of our wild times when we were teenagers and uh, maybe a little older. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but before we do that, before we get into the song, uh, there's some catching up we have to do because obviously the uh, the show was on a very very long hiatus. I think the last episode came out in uh, March or maybe May, a very long time ago. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, ha- that has happened in the Troy sphere, and uh, some of it I don't even remember some of it. I've written down some of it. One of them is, I'm sure you remember this. Troy was featured in an article in Architectural Digest. Do you remember this, Lo? His I house. remember it because you posted pictures in several 
like, <laughs> forums and chats that we both are part of. That is true. That is true. <laughs> it's it's just I don't know that house that that house lives in my head rent free, ironically, because it is a house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it was uh, all over Twitter. Of course, people really went crazy for that house, and this is a good house. It's a nice house. Very nice. And I'm happy for Troy that he moved back to um, Australia, even though it means that he now lives separated from Nash, his dog, his beloved dog. I well, do I love think that dog. Such a good dog. I think he had to stay behind in Los Angeles because they don't allow his kind, his breed in Australia, something like that. Or maybe yeah. you just can't bring any animals to Australia. But yeah, sad things, sad things. Um, there was some new music. New music has been released since the last time we talked. Angel Baby, new single, new music video. Very cute, very queer. Love to see it. Uh... We'll get, if we keep the podcast going at the current pace, we'll get to that song in about, I'd say, maybe 2036. But <laughs> it's a good song. We'll talk about it someday. And then there's some more recent news as well. I think this was just this this week. Um, we're recording this on uh, Saturday, the week of the 27th of November, in case anyone's listening from the future. And uh, it was announced, I'm not even sure if you've heard about this, Troy has been cast in a new HBO show along with the rapper The Weeknd. I did see that. That was very intriguing. Mm, yeah. Do you know? Uh, I didn't, I should probably, I should probably done more research on this, but is there any, what is about? I did read it and then I forgot. But <laughs> um, it was something music related, wasn't it? I think so. I think it was about. Wasn't it about a real person that really existed or something? Like, God, I, I do not remember, but I remember seeing it and being like, Oh, oh no, it's I'm about, it's about watching this. It's about, I think, the weekend plays some kind of cult leader. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then Troy Sivan, I guess, falls in love with the cult leader or something like Fascinating. that. Fascinating. Fascinating. That sounds like it could be a true story. Maybe it is. Yeah. I also saw on Twitter yesterday that Troy has a new hairstyle. He dyed his hair black, which I suspect might be for the role in the yeah, show. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. He also had his... When he was in that movie Boy Erased, he had his platinum blonde hair, yeah. which I which I found slightly weird <laughs> because the movie takes place in like a gay conversion camp. Yeah. So I was like, I don't think they would let him... You know, you know, maybe that's his natural hair in the film. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. And then he's also, he's been shooting, I think this day, they've actually rapped on this, but they've been shooting a movie where he plays the lead character. Mm. Not sure if you know about that. It's about, I think, again, I should have written this down, but I think it's about Troy Savan plays a young man who gets told by his, like, one night stand partner of the previous night that he's been tested positive for HIV and that he should get tested. And then he does. And the, I think the movie is about the time he spends waiting for the test result. If I remember correctly. That sounds in- very interesting. I yeah, like... it does. I think it's based on a book or something or a play. Yeah. And it probably takes place in the eighties or nineties, because obviously nowadays an HIV diagnosis isn't, isn't the huge deal it used to be. Like it's still tragic, but it's not like the death sentence that it was back when AIDS mm. was first a problem. So probably some kind of period piece type of thing. 
That would make sense. I mean, it could also be more contemporary and uh, like address how the situation actually is right now. Yeah, I think I guess I guess there's not that many. Um, there's not much media dealing with like HIV nowadays. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, the invention of prep and other like mm. drugs have kind of. It's not a big. I mean, glad. I think partly we should be glad that it's not a big issue anymore as it used to be. But obviously, there's still a lot of people suffering from it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Troy the actor, it's gonna be a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always been in some movies, but uh, maybe he's venturing more into that field. How familiar are you, like, with past Troy Sivan work, acting work? I have seen Boy Raised. Good movie. Uh, really good movie. Made me very emotional. And that movie comes with a fat, big fat content warning, though. Yeah, but it, is it a does. Good movie, it? it really does. Watch it's it your good. own discretion. There's some awful, awful stuff in it. But it is a great movie. Yeah, I remember I watched it with some friends, and then my dad oh watched it with his partner a few days later, and we talked about it. And he was like, oh, I can't imagine how someone would behave to, like towards their children like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm very glad that you think so, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've also seen Boy Erased, and then I've also, regrettably, I've seen the first of the the Spud trilogy. I'm not sure if this means anything to you. But um, Troy Sivan have... used to be in this South Australian equivalent of the the, the American Pie movies. <laughs> uh, they're awful. Uh, I have not seen that, and I don't think I'm, I will. I've actually, <laughs> I mean, I've actually thought about covering them at some point. The three Spud movies. They really oh, are. They really are terrible. I mean, he's not bad in them. The movies are just John Cleese is in them for some reason, and they take place at this like South African boarding school. And it's just real. It's just weird. Also, there's a lot of stuff about Troy making out with girls in it, and I know he's supposed mm. it's an actor, right? He can yeah. play straight people. It just didn't feel right watching it, yeah. especially yeah. because it he was an actor at the time before he came out. So it mm. was just mm. very strange, very strange. But anyway, we're not here to talk about those awful movies. <laughs> we're here to talk about the song. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Mm. I can't forget. Before we do that, I have a plug of my own, obviously. Lo, you have presented all of your your great projects and all that stuff will be in the description and on my Twitter account at, what is it, at Troy Talk? I think it is. No, I think it's at Troy Savant Pod. I really should start writing these things down. No wonder I don't have any success, but who cares? Um, (laughs) Anyway, so I always want to plug something. I've plugged it in the, I think I plugged it in the last episode as well, which is that a couple of my friends, two of them, in fact, who live in the UK, started GoFundMe campaigns to help pay for their transitions. And obviously the UK is a horrible, terrible place for trans people at the moment. So I'm going to, yeah, going to put their stuff in the description. I know low you, oh shit, I just slapped my laptop so hard. Ah, we're going to keep that in. Bloopers. Good. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is, uh, Lo, I know you have very generously also already donated to both these campaigns. So thank you very much while I have you here in person. And also, I think all of you out there should be following Lo's example and also donate money because they really do need it. Um, yeah. So check for that stuff in the description as well. But now, finally, let's get to the song. <sighs> Wild. Now, Lo. As I'm sure you know, as a fan of the podcast, mm-hmm. as a listener of all two episodes that are out so far, <laughs> religiously, you know that this is the time of the podcast where we recite the lyrics of the song we are about to talk about. 
in an artistic fashion. And mm-hmm. last time when when Amy, our mutual friend Amy Blackfire, was yes. on it, I had them read the read it. So, do you want to do the honors of reading the lyrics to us today? I can do that. I just gotta. I I didn't. Oh, you don't have them. them. I'm so stupid. I have them. No, in my no, notes, I I have them. Okay, okay, okay. Good, 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 good. Go on, go for it. It's okay. Mm. Trying not, uh, trying hard not to fall on the way home. You were trying to wear me down, down. Kissing up on the fences and up on the walls on the way home. I guess it's all working out now. Because there's still too long to the weekend. Too long till I drown in your hands. Too long since I've been a fool. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Leave this blue neighborhood. Never knew loving could hurt this good. Oh, and it drives me. Oh, we're having some technical difficulties. Because when you look like that, I've never ever wanted to be so bad. Oh, yeah, it drives me wild. You're driving me wild, wild, wild. You're driving me wild, wild, wild. You're driving me wild. White no- noise in my mind won't calm down. You're all I think about, running on the music and night highs when the lights out. It's me and you now, now, because there's st- still too long to the weekend, too long till I drown in your hands, too long since I've been a fool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave this blue neighborhood. Never knew loving could hurt this good. Oh, and it drives me wild, because when you look like that, I've never wanted to be so bad. Oh. Yeah, it drives me wild. You're driving me wild, wild, wild. You're driving me wild, wild, wild. And You're so driving on. me wild, wild, wild. <laughs> You're driving me wild. <laughs> yeah. Very you good. We lost heart. you. We... Oh, wait, I thought you were done. I was not done. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's a bridge. There's a bridge. The bridge. I forget about the bridge. You make my heart shake, bend and break. I can't turn away. It's driving me wild. You drive me wild. You make my heart shake, bend and break, but I can't turn away. And it's driving me wild. It's driving me wild. And then it's the chorus again. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that again. Thank you. Very nice. Um, we lost you there for a couple of seconds and uh, oh, halfway through, but we I can fix that in post. He said, totally leaving <laughs> it in for everyone to hear. <laughs> it's fine. No one's listening to this. Okay. Wild. So let me just give you some, some some background about this song before we get into our discussion. So, Wild is from the extended play called Wild, same name. Uh, it was uh, published, I guess. Did you say published? Came out in 2015. It was written by Troy himself and Alex Hope, who is a person that I did not bother Googling, but he did write that song as well. It featured. It's, oh, it's, it was also featured on Troy's debut album, Blue Neighborhood, famous album. Uh, it's part of that. It's part of that trilogy of music videos known as Blue Neighborhood. I think they're even on YouTube. They even have the one out of three, two out of three, three out of three, like in parentheses. So it's a trilogy, and it was on that as well. Uh, the song's accompanying music video was directed by Tim Mutt. Tia, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. Tim Mattia, I guess. And released as part of 
Blue Neighborhood, as I already said. And the other songs from the trilogy are Fools and Talk Me Down. And it was filmed in the Sydney suburb of Cornell, New South Wales. I stole all that information from Wikipedia. Thank you very much. The song reached number 16 on the ARIA charts, and it became the it became Troy's second top 20 single, and it peaked within the top 40 in New Zealand. Yay! Now, let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just got lost in my notes. I have actually I have a little thing here that says that Troy himself, it's always nice when creators of, of art just say what their stuff is about. It saves people like you and me a lot of work. <laughs> so Troy has said that um, that that the, the, the song or even the opening lines, you know, trying hard not to fall on the way home, stuff like that. It, it's meant to describe the initial rush of flirting with someone and the sort of feeling of exploring something new and exciting. And to quote the man himself, it's about being a bit tipsy walking home at night from a club with someone you've maybe just met, but you're like, oh my God, they're so hot. That's the quote. <laughs> I think that works, right? Trying hard not to fall on the way home. I think we've all done that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we we oh, can yeah. all relate to that. Definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> After meeting someone. And it is definitely true that sort of like. Sorry, everyone. I just was disrupted. We just did a, a sneaky little edit. No one noticed, or no one would have noticed <laughs> if I didn't say what I just said. Anyway, my grandma came in. Sorry, everyone. I live at my parents' house like a, like a loser. Um, <laughs> we were talking about love being a very powerful drug and it, this sort of feeling of having a good time and when you're on your way home, you feel so happy that it's almost like messing with your balance and you're drunk, drunk on feelings and that is what the song is about correct Lo? i mean yeah that's one interpretation it is one it is the <laughs> interpretation no it is it also probably means that you're drunk yeah, on yeah. actual alcohol <laughs> which is also those two things tend to usually uh link together yeah it's i mean if you're drunk on love and alcohol at the same time your balance is extremely shit so <laughs> that is true but i would i do have to say um especially in the queer community usually when you meet someone that you sort of fancy you do not, you do not tend to be at your most sober <laughs> in those moments <laughs> yeah i mean there, there I mean, there's a there's a stereotype i think which is sometimes true um <laughs> about that I think mm. it also like depends which part of the community you're part of. I mean, yeah. there's definitely the like whole, uh, yeah, like gay clubbing uh, community part. I guess. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the phrase "blue neighborhood" means? Okay, so I wrote down some stuff. And Very I'm, good. Love to hear that. I'm cracking my fingers, uh, which you can't hear, <laughs> hopefully. But I think um, in a lot of, for a lot of queer people, there's this like longing to get away when you're growing up. 
uh, and like getting away to the big city or getting away to university or whatever to like a place where you can be yourself um, and mm. uh, I've sort of longing there's I mean in the in the song there's this part of like with like um, uh, it's too long for the week uh, it's t- still too long to the weekend uh, and uh, like wanting to leave this na- blue neighborhood uh, is sort of connected to both this I think this idea of finding a, like a partner or a, a love or a whatever like a queer person <laughs> finding queer love but also like getting away from the blue neighborhood from the like monotony of everyday heterosexuality and uh, mm-hmm. the like idea of um, I don't know there's there's this expectation I think in in a lot of uh, for a lot of people growing up that like you're gonna find your part you're gonna go to university then you're gonna find a job then you're gonna find a partner then you're gonna settle down have children marry and like go through this whole straight path through life where nothing wild ever happens and Mm -hmm. i think for a lot of queer people you want to escape (laughs) that and escape the blue neighborhood and find some wild things to do that's a very good point yeah this idea i mean it, it, it used to be obviously uh, in the olden times that neither of us fortunately had to live through that coming out as gay or, or any kind of queer basically meant that you had to move out of your parents house because it was just so unaccepted that like most gay people uh, were homeless for a while or had to leave home because it was just something that was not accept- accepted and nowadays that's not that bad anymore even though both of my like both of my closest friends who are trans both were homeless uh, for a for a while because they were both kicked out from home so it still happens still happening folks which is why you should donate to their gofundme campaigns <laughs> yeah i mean if but, you go uh, if you go on gofundme you can find a lot of queer people who yes. like i need to get out from my home and please send me money so i can do that so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> still a yeah. thing, unfortunately. But I, yes, unfortunately. But I love what you said about the blue neighborhood, and I've got—I found another quote from the Troy Meister himself Ooh. about this very idea of the blue neighborhood. And what he said is, basically, I come from Perth, which is a moderately sized city of two million people. From within that, I come from a really small Jewish community. I feel like I have had this really sheltered, perfect suburban upbringing. And so all of these stories that I have written come from that place and take place in that context of this blue neighborhood. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's the mundaneness of it, but it's where your truth is. So also for Troy himself, a kind of similar to what you described, the idea that um, it's just a very... protected... Yeah, maybe conservative. Yeah, and like environment, and that is that can be tough for 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 queer people who grow up in that kind of blue neighborhood, where it's just you know when you stick out in that way, it can be tough, yeah. and it also can be tough for anyone because it's it, you know it's boring for everyone, for every young person to grow up in a in a surrounding like that. So there is that you, what you have described this urge to go out 
do something wild. And I definitely had that when I went to to uni. That's when my wild days really started. I was sort of a late bloomer in that regard. I was a very boring stay-at-home child and teenager. Oh yeah. And when I went <laughs> when I was 18, <laughs> when I was 18 when I went to university, when I really went well, that was when I was 18, then when I came out to myself, that's uh, when I really that's when the wild times started. And that definitely had me some wild times. We can get into some of them late, maybe later. Uh the stuff I can legally disclose on the internet anyway. <laughs> um but yeah. So Yeah, no, but I feel like there's. Uh, I I hadn't looked up what he had said the blue neighborhood was about, so I'm kind of pleased with myself for uh, sort of mm. kind of saying the same thing. But I mean, there's there's so much like research. Uh, if you look at like queer studies about how this idea of growing up like in suburbia or in like a like middle class environments and how everything there has to be so proper and respectable mm-hmm. and straight uh, and how <sighs> if you grow up there as a queer person it, it's like it, it can feel like you're in a box and you just have to get out and because you cannot fit in this box um, which yeah, is yeah yeah, something and, I can relate to, definitely. I mean, I, mean, I didn't Sweden, really grow up middle very, class, but... Like, like, Sweden is, like, Europe's suburban... Oh, white, yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really... I didn't grow up middle class, but I I can still feel that, like, ah, oh, it's so proper, and, like, everyone's so proper and respectable yeah ah. i mean i mean sweden sweden is like maybe one of the most milk toast nations oh, yeah. in the world yeah. you know like you can't buy alcohol anywhere after like 6 p.m and they don't sell it to you on weekends and i had a friend once who said that he's a member of that new political party vault and he studied in sweden and one time they they used to put up stickers and he said that every time he went to put up stickers, his his stickers on like lampposts and stuff were the only stickers anywhere, because just no one in Sweden. Okay, where the heck did these study? Because that's just not true. I think it was in. I think he studied at the University of Malmo. Okay, that makes no sense though. Malmo is the most like leftist multicultural gay city in Sweden. So I don't Sounds buy that. Sounds pretty good. But, but maybe, maybe they just have a really good, maybe they, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they just have really good uh, sticker removal authorities. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> because they want everything to be neat and nice. That's a very yeah. Swedish thing. Also, Sweden's just very, very white. It's a very white country. Oh, All yeah. It's very, it's very white because of eugenics, though, so... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Scandinavians love eugenics. Not mm, to get yeah. the podcast, not to bring it too far away from Troy Savant's beautiful song "Wild," but yeah, yeah. I mean, I live in the city where the institute, the state's institute for racial biology, was a thing from like the thirties to the sixties. So, uh, I mean, you love to see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, also, maybe to bring it back to obviously, this is a podcast about mostly <laughs> queer things. Finland is really into sterilizing trans people. Oh yeah, I know. We yeah. used to be into that until until 2013. So yep, 2011 in Germany. So suck it, Sweden. 
yeah, I, I um, if anyone wants a trans history lesson, I did just do several <laughs> workshops for a nonprofit here about trans inclusion and trans history. Um, very good, very good. So. And also, does Iceland count as Scandinavian? Uh, the Nordic countries. Nordic, yeah. Iceland, Iceland is really into uh, you, you like uh, soft eugenics against Down syndrome people. Oh, that's which is a whole great. other thing. That's yeah, fun. they have almost no people with Down syndrome because they just eugenics all of them. So great, lovely. <sighs> now that everyone's feeling good, let's talk about <laughs> wild some more. <sighs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is the podcast. This is we start. It's the whole tro- the whole Troy stuff is just a pretext to like yeah. talk about gay stuff. Uh, anyway, verse two of Wild, mm-hmm. great song. Um, which is the topic of this episode, in theory at least. There's another thing that I found on this website called Mm Genius.com, Lyric Genius. And this is where I found all these quotes, by the way. I didn't do any research for this myself. Well, who am I? Um, So verse two, white noise in my mind won't calm down. You're all I think about running on the music and night highs. But when the light's out, it's me and you now, now. Mm. So... What it has to say on this website about this is that this is a veiled reference to having sex, which I think we can both agree on. <laughs> Lights out. It's me and you now. All mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's about the only sexual reference in this whole song, even though it's a song about supposedly about this feeling of being in love and, and, and feeling good, having a fun time. And again, Troy himself has explained, uh, this is in reference to how this was depicted in the music video, by the way which is a very sweet, cute... I'm not sure if you've seen it. If you can recall yes. the moment where they're sort of like sitting in a bed and they're like mm. hugging each other. And then at the very end of the video, they kiss and it cuts out just before they actually kiss, I think. So it's a very non-sexual, romantic encounter mm. in the video. In the video. Joy has said that, quote, I feel like gay relationships are sexualized in the media and I just wanted to show a romantic, adorable puppy love situation between two little boys because that's something we never ever see yeah give me thoughts low give me, give me yeah give me yeah definitely I think, <laughs> uh i think like it is the same f- like all sexuality or like gender identity or whatever that is in cishet is always like sexualized and seen as more adult or whatever. I mean, you can have like small children running around and a boy is nicer girl and it's like, oh, they're your boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, or like, oh, he's the mm. la- he's a ladies man and it's all innocent or whatever. But if you're gonna talk to kids in school about LGBTQIA topics, it's like, no, these children, you can talk about that. That's too adult. Mm. Um, so I definitely get that, and I think, yeah, I mean, I definitely, especially like uh, male homosexuality, I think is very sexualized and often portrayed as like just being about sex and not love. Uh, so I can very definitely true. see that. Well, part of yeah, I mean, men are pigs, and <laughs> that is true. That... So it is. They don't. They're not helping themselves. They're not. They're not. You know, we're not we're not uh, doing our best to to get rid of that image, but yes, it is obviously still true that um, most gay relationships on on TV media used to be and still are a lot of times to be very reduced to the sexual aspect of it. 
But I've also have heard from people that they feel like, well, on the one hand, it's kind of good to have a representation of non-heterosexual sex in media and stuff. But on the other hand, you shouldn't like make it all about that. So you don't want to like desexualize it either. Yeah. And like yeah. water it down. And on the other hand, it's 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 a delicate it's a delicate balance in in a way. Because it's like, well, if you have like a gay couple in a show, you can't show them having sex all the time and that's all they do. Hashtag Game of Thrones. But if you never show them having sex, but you show everyone else in the show having sex, then it's like, hmm. Weird. Yeah. So, because I think some people get confused because there's always like two different types of criticisms. Because when, for example, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody came out, yeah. everyone criticized it for not having any gay sex in it, even though Freddie Mercury was a famous sex machine. Indeed. Uh, as he said in his song, uh, Don't Stop Me Now. <laughs> I think it is a line there where it says, I'm a sex machine ready to reload. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yep. But even though, I mean, the movie still had references to the fact that he does have sex, they showed lots of, like, morning after his, like, assistants shooing out his one-night stand people at mm. his house. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's it's a, it's a give or take, you know. But obviously I appreciate what Troy Savant tried to do with this song, and especially the yeah. music video showing that, you know, teenagers, it's not just all about grown men banging each other. You know, it's also, no. like, these, like, little, little boys from the music video are just falling in love. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's nice. It's very cute. It's very cute. And uh, speaking of love, we've already talked about how the song is about the effects of love, almost like it's it's a drug. And the bridge it goes into this a little bit more. The bridge I'll read it again says, "You make my heart shake, bend and break, but I can't turn away, and it's driving me wild. You're driving me wild. You make my heart shake, bend and break, but I can't turn away, and it's driving me wild. You're driving me wild. Heart shake, bend and break." It's almost like going through like a relationship from heart shaking, yeah. then it bends and then it breaks. Sadly. Yeah, and it's just it's I can yeah, you can imagine someone like falling in love with someone and their heart is shaking and then comes the relationship and the compromises and then you bend and then mm. eventually you can't bend anymore and it breaks. But you still yeah. can't turn away from the person because it's still a person you fell in love with. Very true. Very true. I know that feeling. <laughs> uh, it's a fun podcast. It's a fun time we're having here at the show, <laughs> folks. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely true. Definitely true. Um, I don't know. Like, do you, do you do you like? Have you ever felt this like really? Have you ever had like a really, really intense crush on someone to the point where you were like feeling like you were on drugs and you were so focused and you were so just out of it? I mean, kind of. I had anyone who listened to this, because I think I might share it with some friends who actually knew me back then, knows who I'm talking about. But like when I was <laughs> at, like fir- t- 13 to like 15, or something I had a really intense crush but I didn't I was too shy to talk to the person but I was so obsessed I was so obsessed with him and I was like just I was not like delusional but like I I wouldn't say delusional but like I sort of didn't feel like 
I didn't feel like myself because I was just like hyper focused on him in every every time I saw him or like thought about him and I was just like it was like my mind just left my body and I was just like super yeah. like just thinking about him and it was like not not a good good crush it was I was way too obsessed with him yeah and yeah I mean, it, 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 if we're going, to, if we're going to say that love is a drug, we should also tell people that they should use it responsibly, like with all. Yeah, drugs. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this person wasn't into me, and I, I never said yeah. anything, but I'm pretty sure he realized that I, I had a crush on him. But he wasn't into me, and like after I got out of it, I was like, why did I even like him? I mean, he's kind of good looking, but he's kind of douche. Why did I yeah. even like him? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's also th- like the whole heart bending you like you don't see the flaws in someone anymore very true i've well now that now that you've opened up i guess i have to do the same and i distinctly remember the first ever active crush i had well i've had crushes before but that was in my like baby gay phase when i just you know i just wrote it off as being like jealous that they were attractive a classic thing right oh i'm not in love i'm just i'm just jealous that's yeah, I, I just want to look like them. I'm you know, not exactly, queer. <laughs> exactly. I'm not. I'm so straight. I, yeah. But then when I, obviously, as I, I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast, I had a very late coming out to myself when I was 18. And I went to uni. And part of it is because I met this guy at university. This is some juicy shit right now. And um, the way we were introduced is that there was this other guy uh-huh. who studied the same subject as me and he was a real douche i really didn't like him but i just you know i was a first semester student so i didn't really have any friends and so when he asked me to like go to the canteen with him to have lunch i was like ah fine whatever you know yeah i want to be the guy who sits alone in the cafeteria and then he said oh, i'm going to bring this other guy who studies chemistry with me um and then the guy showed up and immediately when I like saw him and when he mm-hmm. started talking, I was just like, what is, what is going on? And I was like, this, <laughs> this is the most interesting man I have ever seen in my life. He just started talking about how like he did chemistry and that he signed up for a ballet class and that he like reads French poetry. And I was just listening to this man like, oh my God, what is? And again, at first it was the, the jealousy thing, right? Yeah. But it very soon became this thing where like, I kept going with this douchebag guy to the canteen to have lunch and because I kept hoping that he would bring the other guy and sometimes he did, but sometimes he didn't. So it was always like a a game of (laughs) chance. Do I have to spend my lunch with this douchebag or can I spend it staring at this man that I have a crush on, which I did acknowledge at the time to myself. And then one time I got there and he got there and then the douchebag guy wasn't actually there. He was late. Wow. So I had to wait on this couch in this lobby of this canteen <laughs> with this guy. And at that point, I was sitting there and I was like, I am, why is, what is it about this person that I have? I, this is, I think, where the song really speaks to me because I felt so not myself. Mm-hmm. I felt so out of it. Like I had, someone had like drugged me and I was like, what is that? What is going on? And he, and he started talking about, <laughs> he like did semi-professional unicycling when he was in high school (laughs) 
There's videos of him dressed as like fucking Harry Potter on a unicycle. Amazing. Riding around in like some gymnasium. It was, <laughs> and it was looking at this like, oh yeah, wow, that's so cool, dude. <laughs> I was, oh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to think about that. And yeah, and that sort of like that crush was what really opened myself up to uh, the idea that I might be gay. And I really became obsessed with this guy, as you always also said, to an unhealthy degree. Yeah. Um, not only that I, every day when I went to lunch, I hoped that he would be there, but also there was a point when I hadn't seen him in a long time where I saw him standing at a street corner with someone. Mm. And then for like the next two weeks, every time I would be on a walk, I would walk by that street corner <laughs> just on the off chance that I might run into him or casual like. Mm, yeah. I, I like uh, went, I like used to take, ride my bike like 10 minutes longer than I had to, to go to the canteen of the part of university that he went to just to, uh, there was a higher chance of me running into him at, at that canteen. Aww. And one time I actually managed to, to, this was so embarrassing. I actually managed to get behind him in line, but yeah. I obviously was too afraid to talk to him. So I was just standing there awkwardly while he was talking <laughs> to his friends it was it was the worst, right? Uh, it was just borderline stalking behavior at some point, and I luckily got out of it eventually. Yeah. But yeah, um, not uh, not my not my brightest moment. Jonas, the almost stalker. I think <laughs> it's interesting that you bring that up because thinking back about to the crush I talked about talked about, I think afterwards I've sort of thought, thought that maybe I kept being so obsessed with him because. My brain was like, if I like a guy, then maybe I'm straight. Ah, uh, and yeah. then later, I was like, I mean, I can still like guys and not be straight. Because, Very like, true. bisexuality, pansexuality, queerness exists. But yeah, I, I think I was, like, stuck on him <laughs> for a bit longer than I would have otherwise. Because I was like, if I like him, maybe I'm yeah. straight. Maybe there was a chance. There's a chance, uh, yeah. but there there was no chance. Uh, yeah, but then um, yeah, as I got older, to just keep the embarrassing stories about myself <laughs> going, um, there was another guy that I had a crush on, and he was the kind of guy where I think he was just really, really, you know, some people who are just really, really polite to mm-hmm. like everyone, and they are so positive all the time. Yeah, that for someone like me who's an insanely pessimistic and depressed person. <laughs> Every time I see a, a, a person like that, I'm like, what is wrong with them? And when he talked to me, I obviously interpreted it as, as him coming on to me because, like, why would he be so nice and polite to me? Yeah. Um, and he was also very handsome. And <laughs> there was a time, this was like, this is where I probably relate to the song Wild the most because this was like a perfect music video romance setup mm-hmm. where I was at this group this like youth group meetup thing and it was raining and everyone was leaving and I was we were the only two people left because we had helped them clean up everything and then I was like and he was like what are you gonna do now and I said this is my chance Jonas don't fuck this up don't fuck this up now and I said well I don't really want to go home um maybe I'm gonna go do something I don't know and then he was like oh you want to go do something okay we can do it we can go do something and I was like yes yes Ah, I really thought it was my moment. And I already was starting to feel the love drug. I was already mm-hmm, starting mm-hmm. to feel like I could do anything. I got the dopamine rushes. And we went to this really seedy gay bar that's in like a dark alley next to a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and we went there and he brought two of his friends 
Uh, they were amazing friends, and we all got along great. He said he would bring alcohol for us uh, before we get into the bar, and he, mm-hmm. he brought one bottle of just pure vodka. That was the alcohol that he brought, and I was like, "We're great, great." That I can relate to that part. I can relate to that. And then what we did was, we, 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 there was four of us, and we just kept passing it around until about half of it was gone. And then we went to a, a petrol station and bought some like cheap orange juice and filled half the vodka bottle up with orange juice, and then we drank that as well. <laughs> I was so drunk. By the time we get to the bar, I was so drunk. Truly a wild, wild thing that I did. And then when we were there, he introduced me to another one of his friends who did drag. He wasn't in drag at the time, but he mm-hmm. did it. They, all, they both did it. The, uh, the guy I had a crush on also did us drag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd actually met him before, but he was so good at drag that I just thought he was a woman. <laughs> so I didn't remember him the next time we met. It was like, oh, we met before. Do you remember? It was like, oh, it was you? Oh, okay. <laughs> it was strange. Anyway, and uh, then, um, so I was there. And I was really drunk and it was a great time. And then at, at some point during the evening, he just kind of vanished. Uh, like he, he kept, he kept vanished. He was like, he's that kind of person who keep vanishes at parties and then you find him standing <laughs> outside and then stuff. And in what is not my proudest moment, I ever, you know, I actually ended up making out with the guy he introduced me to. Hmm. And it was a whole thing, you know, I was drunk on love and alcohol and we had a great time but then the next morning i woke up and i was like you idiot <laughs> right like you, this was your chance you went to a bar with a person you have a crush on then you banged his friend that you have no interest in what a stupid thing to do this sounds like a tv show <laughs> right or something it's definitely i would say it's the de- it's the gayest thing i've ever done I made, I made out with a drag queen next to a dumpster in a dark alley behind a gay bar yeah truly a wild thing probably the wildest thing i've ever did also just one of the dumbest things i ever did <laughs> so if if anyone's listening to this and recognizes themselves as the person i had a crush on please don't just because i banged your best friend <laughs> it doesn't mean that i'm not interested <laughs> call me you have my number actually so call me please <laughs> so yeah that's that's that was my wild that's my wild story and i definitely try not to fall on the way home from the bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun times well though i think we've made it 47 yeah. minutes yeah. unless there's something else that you've written down that you want to get off your chest about this beautiful song uh I don't know. I think, like, I can't relate to all of it as much as I think you can. Uh, Or, Mm. like, as much as other people can. Because I feel like this is a very, like, being a queer teenager and, like, wanting out and wanting to do wild things. And I just, I was way too awkward to do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too, me too. I relate to this even though I was way older than I think the the, the person in the song is. I think, like, I had, like, two phases, because, like, before high school, I was way too awkward to do anything, even though people my age were partying and stuff. Yeah. Uh, But I was, like, closeted in all the ways and didn't even realize that I was. And then in high school, I came out as queer to myself and other people. And then at uni... I came out as genderqueer to myself and other people. So I feel like it wasn't until then that I was like, okay, now I can be myself and be messy and drunk 
on streets at the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, it's a very so, liberating feeling. Yeah, and also I think accepted for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's also kind of funny because I feel like there's this idea that you know, you move from the little as a queer person you move from the small town to the big town and then you're <laughs> yourself. But I moved from the capital of Sweden to a kind of small town where there was a university and there that's where I came out. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, also, just like Swedish small towns are like two houses on an island in like a lake. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. Um, this was actually on an island. <laughs> 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 it's Visby, if anyone knows that. Um, anyway, yeah, stumbling through old medieval towns with cobblestones at the middle of the night, drunk. That's a that's a whole new level of stumbling home. That's drunk. the life. That's yeah. the life, right there. Yeah, it is definitely. Um, that's what that song reminded me of. Yeah, probably one of the. Even though you know, I, it was a massive stupid thing of me to do the night itself was great probably one of the best nights of my life Um, yeah and so yeah it's a very universal experience i think in in the queer community that sort of sense of wanting to get out of your your your, like your 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 parental home your house and getting out of the blue neighborhood yep yep because blue you know it means depressing and it can be very depressing to to grow like the, the village that i live in doesn't even have traffic lights <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty sad it's pretty sad i'm also the only gay person in it that i know of that you know of that i'm, I'm definitely not the only one but i'm the only i'm only i mean i can't even say i'm the only out one because i'm not really out to my the like the village i'm only out to my mom's side of the family that yeah. i do not live with so it's a whole mess it's a whole mess that even adds to the whole getting out of blue neighborhood mm-hmm. where i'm being awkward normal never had a girlfriend jonas and then i go to university where i am still awkward but at least i've had sex before <laughs> gay man jonas <laughs> wild jonas wild indeed bringing it back to the theme for the episode well we did it we did thank it. thank you so much for coming thank you so and much for having me i would just like to remind people out there to click on all that stuff that's in the description all the links to Lowe's amazing things and we will be back with the next song in the blue neighborhood trilogy i believe which i have forgotten the name of it and i did not write it down but you know you know you see you'll see episode four will be out like in two years uh if i if i keep going with the pace that i have become <laughs> but no hopefully it will be out reasonably soon because we all know the key to success is dependability putting out the product indeed um, every now and then yeah so that's it for me Thank you so much for joining me today. And to all the people listening, love is a drug. Use it responsibly. (laughs) Don't be afraid to have some wild times out there. And I will see you all in the next episode. Goodbye.